it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 37. I'm Dave Ahern and Andrew Sather is here as well. Tonight, we're going to talk about Peter Lynch. This is one of Andrew's absolute favorite investors. Andrew read his book quite a while ago called Beating the Street and One Up on Wall Street, and he absolutely loved him. And so we thought we maybe we would chat a little bit about some quotes that Peter Lynch has and kind of talk a little bit about his investing philosophy and his ideas and see how they can help you with your investing. So without any further ado, I'm going to have Andrew go ahead and take us away. Just as a disclaimer, I actually haven't read One Up on Wall Street yet. That's on my to-do list. Guess I'm missing out, right? But yeah, Beating the Street was the first investing book I actually ever read. It's super easy to read. Like I just couldn't put down the book. And I mean, I I guess I could say the same thing about The Intelligent Investor, but I'm aware that The Intelligent Investor is a lot harder to get through. It's a lot drier. But Beating the Street, he writes it very conversational tone. It's it's almost like a story following his journey and his career. And for people who don't know who Peter Lynch is, he ran the um, Magellan, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> Magellan, maybe? The Magellan Fund from Fidelity. So super, super successful in those times. He had beaten the S&P 500 for... 11 of the 13 years he ran the fund and he turned $18 million in assets into more than $14 billion. So he kind of did the whole Michael Jordan thing if Michael Jordan would have stayed retired where he basically became the best and then just retired at that point. You know, 13 years is, is such a small period of time as an investor. So he definitely came out on top and, and just stopped there. I know uh, 
I think he talks about just kind of having more of a really easy life and how he didn't want to be researching as much as he was in order to find these kind of deals. And one of the things he talks about, one of the terms he uses is called a 10 bagger. So that was his idea of basically when a stock you buy gets 10x of its value, he calls that 10 baggers and he has different strategies in beating the street of how he tries to pursue these 10 baggers. And so that was kind of one of his unique takes that he contributed to the investing world. And obviously the two books, which, you know, Dave obviously recommends one up on Wall Street. I highly recommend beating the street. Uh, these books have sold millions of copies and he has had contributions there and he's also had some great quotes just talking about the stock market in general that we would like to share with you that you should keep in mind. And, you know, we, we've had quotes from, from uh, Warren Buffett, Seth Klarman. We did a Benjamin Graham episode. So kind of put these in your back pocket. And if you're taking notes, maybe put these quotes down in your notes. And, you know, we talked about checklists the other day uh, with one of the episodes. Dave had a great breakdown on different buy and sell checklists. I just actually got an email from a listener today who said that he's working on his own stock checklist. And so he's finding the resources we're providing to be very, very helpful for that. So hat tip to Dave. And if if that's the kind of thing that you're doing with your investing style, have, have something that you can refer to over and over again. And, and, you know, it's, it might not be easy to read through a whole book like some of these legends have, have written and authored. But if you have even just these little notes and quotables that can really guide you in your approach and remind you over and over again, I think it can be really helpful. So the first quote here we're going to talk about, and Peter Lynch, I love this one. He says, during the gold rush, most would-be miners lost money, but people who sold them picks, shovels, tents, and blue jeans, Levi Strauss, made a nice profit. So how many times do we see this with new innovations? We saw it with the dot-com bubble. All these tech companies, right? The the dot-coms this, the pets.com that. You know, pets.com end up going bankrupt. Even companies like Microsoft um, and even Cisco, which I want to talk about Cisco real quick, but even they, I don't know if Cisco ever recovered, but Microsoft finally recovered 17 years later from when it was when the price was at a bubble but companies like that actually um if you would have waited until their valuations became reasonable if you would have waited until the bear market and if you would have bought then and then held to now see the next 17 years after the bubble popped for dot com um stocks is when the picks shovels tents and blue jeans of the technology industry really started to make their profits. So again, think of the gold rush. Think of how captivating that story was and how many people must have just abandoned everything that they knew and headed out to California to try to, to strike gold. Right. And then you think about the people who were able to capitalize on that by selling things that supported people who are chasing this dream and you see it in the market. And I think if you look at, companies now today like Microsoft, Cisco, 
Um, I had a, a pick in the, the e-leather. This was back, oh, I think in 2015. And I don't want to say what the pick was because obviously I have subscribers who paid for that. But I will tell you that in that issue, I talked about this very concept and it's, it's in the technology industry and it's one of those B to B businesses. So a business that doesn't sell to consumers, but that sells to other businesses. And I love B to B businesses because the general public doesn't know who they are most of the time. And that's how you can have opportunity because, because it's not a popular company, not a lot of people bid up the stock. Not a lot of people know about it. Yeah. You have the, the fund managers, the insiders and all these guys who, who follow these industries and who know what, you know, which companies that, that do are really good at B2B sales. But a lot of the general public and, and you know, the, the average Joe and, and these people who are bidding up Tesla and Chipotle and Amazon, they're not most of the time going to look at these type of companies. So I found this company in 2015 that is a B2B and, it, and it's a supporter of the tech industry. And that's actually been my best stock pick, um, since the inception of the e-leather. So that one is up over a hundred percent. I don't know if it was. 140%, somewhere in that range last time I checked and still continuing to hold because even though there's a trailing stop, it's just gone straight up for the most part. So it's really nice and there, there's just so much opportunity. So as an investor, if you can look at the next innov- innovation and we talked about Tesla last week, electric cars could be one of those nice innovations. We've talked about Corning before, Dave, and how they create glass and I believe they have these windshields that kind of play off of the whole electric car thing. So don't quote me on that, but the general idea is kind of the same. You can find these companies that are providing services and kind of supporting products to the new innovations. And if those valuations are better than the actual innovations, which they tend to be because that story is not going to be there. Like, the gold rush story would be for a new technology, technological innovation, then that's where a lot of opportunity can come. And that's where you can make a, what Peter Lynch calls a 10 bagger where you can seriously, seriously multiply your money. I think it's something to definitely take into account and not ignore. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I totally agree. And, you know, the, excuse me, the example you gave of Corning is a perfect example of that. And it kind of segues into the quote that I wanted to chat about a little bit. And the quote that, that I'd like to talk about is know what you own and know why you own it. So, you know, when I think of that quote, I think about Corning. Corning is a perfect example of that. We've talked about this company before and their business design, if you will, is they make glass. And is that exciting? Hardly. Is it sexy? Very much not. But what they do is they make glass for companies like Apple who happen to produce iPhones and how many billions of iPhones are there around the world. And Corning is making the glass for the iPhone. So, you know, that's a great reason to own Corning is because of what they make and who they supply it to. You know, it's not about just the product that they make, but it's also about who they're selling it to. And it kind of goes along with what Andrew was saying earlier about, you know, the miners. So, you know, if Apple ever went out of business, obviously that would kill Corning. But the flip side of that is, is as they continue to do well and sell more iPhones and you know, Corning is going to have lots of customers that they can help with this. And, you know, like with the glass, with the cars that he was talking about, there's just so many different other avenues that they're trying to branch out of the just just helping Apple or Samsung with the glass screens for the iPhones or the Samsung phones that we all use, the Android phones. So, you know, there is there's that aspect of it. Then, you know, also knowing what you own and why you own it. So there's a company that that I bought uh, about two years ago. It's called Trinity Industries. And they, again, not a sexy company, but what they do is they produce railroad cars. That's it. They make, I mean, they make a few other things, but the majority of their business is producing railroad cars and talk about assets. I mean, you know, that's one big hunk of metal that you're selling to people and the, you know, the shelf life on something like that is 30 or 40 years before the company is going to need a new one. So, you know, they, that that's what they do. And, you know, they've started to create other side businesses, which I think is brilliant of people are investing in buying these cars. So instead of the car just being sold to a, you know, a railroad, you know, then now instead you have investors investing in the cars because it's a hard asset that will be sold one day and you can make a lot of money on that. And so, and it's also a fixed firm asset. It's never going to go bad. It's never going to go away. It's not going to fall out of favor. And, you know, it's just a great opportunity. So the reason why I bought that company was because I was looking for something that would be, 
solid, stable, you know, not exciting and had a lot of potential for growth. And it has. And, you know, it's, you know, it's gone up, I think, 140 percent since I bought it. And, you know, it's been absolutely amazing for me, but it's not sexy. And it was something that I found completely by all the different principles that Andrew and I talk about, you know, something I screen for. I came across it three or four times in my weekly screenings. I started to do some investigation into it, found out it had all kinds of great multiples, but it was just, you know, ignored by the market because it's not exciting. It's not sexy. People didn't know about it. And, you know, it just was one of those companies that had fallen out of favor. But the reason why I bought it was because of it was undervalued by any stretch of metric that you looked at and also because of the type of, you know, products that they were producing, you know, had a benefit to society and had a benefit to our economy. And it was a great hard fixed asset. It wasn't some ethereal thing out in the world where you didn't know if they had any value to it. I mean, and we, we talked about Tesla, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And so compare Tesla's assets to Trinity's and it's just, it's night and day. So, you know, to me, that is a safe company to buy into where Tesla is not. So that's, you know, to me, that's knowing what I own and I know why I own Hey you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. Yeah, I mean, assets are cash, right? Yes. I mean, they can be sold for cash or they can create more cash. cash. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Okay, my quote that I love that he said. All the math you need in the stock market, you you get in the fourth grade. So talk about like the whole theme of my entire website, right? I just the the whole seven steps, the e, the free ebook that I offer, that whole concept. And when, when I was coming up with this series of, of seven steps and uh, present, you know, looking at this thing where basically I was like, OK, there's not really a guide a simple guide for people who know nothing about let, let's teach them a little bit about stocks. Let's teach them a little bit about financials. Let's how, how can we absorb this in a really simple and easy way? And so that's where the seven steps came from. And it turned out that, yeah, actually all of these ratios, you don't need more than simple division multiplication and, you know, arithmetic and subtraction. If, if you're even using those last two. So, all those ratios that we always talk about, the the common valuations. At times, sure, you'll hear us talk about some more nitty-gritty stuff. Well, we talked about the, dis, the dividend discount model, and that was obviously a little more involved. But for the most part, the general theme, this idea is you're going to buy and you want to buy companies that, like Dave said when he looked at Trinity, is... Companies that are cheap compared to their assets, cheap compared to their earnings, and cheap compared to their cash. And so there are simple metrics like like we've talked about in the past, like I talk about in the ebook, the price to book, price to sales, price to cash, price to earnings, all take just super simple math and use that to really find these companies that are either cheap or expensive, undervalued or overvalued. And that was a big part of what Lynch did. Um, something that kind of came out of the whole Lynch movement, if you want to call it that, is this ratio called the PEG, which is a relation of price to earnings to earnings growth. 
And again, that's just a very simple ratio. It's a simple metric. And it's it was his way of finding value within a growth. You know, basically a lot of the ratios we talk about are are kind of focused on finding value just on the on the sense of value, comparing it to total how the business looks now. Whereas what Peter Lynch did is he looked at how does growth relate to the value and how can we assign a value based on how much the company is growing. So if that kind of interests you, then Peter Lynch is obviously a guy you're going to want to follow and at the very least read his books. And so not only did he say that you just need simple math, he also proved it with the way he invested and the way he teaches now today. So again, I just want to really bring home that fact that I do have the value trap indicator and it is a very complicated formula, but you know, it's that way so that it takes away all sorts of brain power that would normally be needed. Take away the value trap indicator and I can still look at a company's 10K and I can still use fourth grade math and below to look at these companies these companies and, and look at the financials and under, and be able to make determinations whether I want to buy or sell them. And it's because that I've made complex, I've made complexity out of simple concepts in order to make my life easier. That's basically what, what it boils down to. But the simple concepts were really all I needed. And I think it's all that any other investor needs or not. You know, the, my, my products, some of them might be for, for people and a lot of people have enjoyed them, but I understand that's not for everybody. And so what is for everybody is a lot of the wisdom that we share and a lot of the wisdom that has kind of been passed down from the different investors who have been very, very successful and being intimidated or overwhelmed or just feeling like there's just so much noise and information and all all these things that get thrown at you as you try to pursue the stock market. Don't let that discourage you and, if you can't figure out the simplicity, find resources that focus on simplicity. So like I said, Peter Lynch, very, very simple in his explanations. I highly recommend him. And if you can find other resources like that, then I think it will really be beneficial to you and it can help take you to that next step as an investor. I totally agree. You know, the, the, the theme of simplicity, I think is so important and it's something that's sometimes overlooked. And I think that's what scares people off a lot about investing or makes them nervous about it or think that they can't do this. And, you know, when they really start to dive into how some of these ratios are calculated or even some of these formulas that we've talked a little bit about, the math in them in and of themselves is really not difficult. It's not, you know, it's not trigonometry. You don't have to know calculus or, you know, all these higher forms of math to do this. It's simple arithmetic, you know, adding, subtracting, multiplying, division. But some of the concepts to get to that point can be a little more complicated, but they're not overly complicated. And, you know, the the way Andrew and I try to teach you guys and talk to people about this is trying to take these ideas and concepts and make them relatable to the average everyday person. And I think sometimes Wall Street and financial advisors kind of get wrapped up into the complexity of it and try to make it complicated, more complicated than it needs to be. And, you know, if you go back and read any of Warren Buffett's letters to his investors that he's written over the last 50 years or so, he never talks about higher math ever. 
And, you know, I have no doubt that he could do it. He's obviously a brilliant man, but he never talks about it. And I don't think it really enters into his investing philosophy. And I know it doesn't enter into Peter Lynch's either, you know, just based on the writings and the talks that I've heard him give, you know, he's, he's just very good at taking complex ideas and making them simple for not just himself, but for other people to understand and relate to. And I think that's what makes him a great investor. And what made him a great investor was he was able to look at, like Andrew was talking about all the noise, he's able to look at all the noise and clarify everything for him. So he understood it. So he could go forward and do what he needs to do. You know, um, We've talked a lot about baseball in the past, and you know, you guys know I'm a big baseball fan, as is Andrew. And with the uh, the World Series looming here in a moment, you know, there's 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 two kind of camps in the baseball world. There's see ball, hit ball. You know, guys that just go up there with no plan of attack whatsoever, and they just go up there, see the ball, and they hit the ball. And then there's other guys that study film and have zones that they want to look for, and they look for certain pitches, and they make it super complicated. And it works for for some guys, and some guys it doesn't. And it, it's just a matter of you figuring out what works best for you and uh, you know if you really like the complexity then you dive into learning as much about that stuff as you can but if that stuff scares you and it overwhelms you then look at more of the the simple ideas because you know the company that i was just talking about with trinity industries you know i i use simple math to to look at to evaluate that company you know you know using the dividend discount model because the company does pay a dividend using the ben graham formula because it works and those are not complicated formulas there's not higher math in either one of those and you can easily do any of those kinds of things to make yourself a better investor and uh you know the last uh, quote that i wanted to talk hold about on, real quick on. was i'm grinning so hard if this was a video <laughs> podcast you can't you cannot acknowledge who's in the world series if you're going to bring up baseball at least acknowledge who's made it to the world series well you know you gotta dude that's really i uh, i'm so in case you guys don't know this I'm a diehard San Francisco Giant fan, and Andrew is a diehard Los Angeles Dodger fan. And historically, the teams do not get along well. It's kind of a big rivalry, uh, maybe not quite at the par of the Yankees-Red Sox, but certainly there's been a lot of animosity through the years. And so Andrew and I have good given ourselves uh, a little good-natured ribbing. And because my uh, Giants had won three World Series in the last six years, uh, yeah, uh, he – yeah, but but this year, of course, the Giants were the one of the worst teams in the league, and they were horrible. And the Dodgers, congratulations, Andrew, are going to the World Series. Starts on Tuesday. Clayton Kershaw is going to pitch. They're probably going to win the whole thing. So congratulations to him. And, you know, so, yeah. So I have to acknowledge that, yes, the Dodgers are going to the World Series. So congratulations to Andrew. Enough said. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. So moving on to Peter Lynch. Uh, the last thing I wanted to chat about with Peter Lynch real quick was uh, a favorite quote of mine that he said was he who turns over the most rocks wins. And by that, he meant, you know, doing your due diligence to find opportunities and not just going with the easy thing because it's easy. So looking over, looking at as many companies as you can to find the best opportunities. And that was one of the things that he talked about. And I think that's one of the reasons why he got out of the business was because he, I think he, I think he went crazy with doing that, but you know, 
Andrew and I have talked about stock screening. We've talked about screeners. We've talked about the different ratios that you can use to help you narrow the field. But the, the, the most important part of that is just to be continually looking for opportunities. You know, Manish Pabrai, who I've talked about a lot in the podcast, you know, he's happy if you can find two or three great investments a year. But that doesn't mean he's only looking two or three times a year. He's looking every single day. You know, that's his job. That's what he does. We don't expect you to look every single day. You can use Andrew's tools to help you with this. You know, it's a great, easy tool to use to help you find these great ideas. And, you know, but it's, it's, it's all about, you know, continuing to be on the hunt for something that may be a great investment for you. So just keeping your eyes open, you know, in other words, when you're dribbling the ball, keep your head up, you know, looking around all the time and seeing what may, may, you know, spark an interest and give you a great investment idea. Cause you never know where they're going to come from. And you can't rest on your laurels, right? I think that's a good metaphor. Yep. Keep your head up and, and just yeah. look for the opportunity. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I, I really don't have much to add. I mean, he, those are just some fantastic quotes. And if you really just focus your approach on those, I think you can do really, really well. And there, you know, there's a reason why he was able to do so well in the market. He just, he's like a natural. It, it just really, really came really naturally to him. He has this ability to really innately understand a business model and understand the financial statements. And so if, if this is a skill that we can acquire and we can pick up, and I truly believe you do, and you know, you can, then why wouldn't, why wouldn't we be able to find similar success as well? Obviously there's no guarantees, but try to find these, these different guys who've done it before and learn from them. And so instead of having to, you know, learn from the school of hard knocks and, and, and make these costly mistakes yourself, maybe shortcut that and, and find a resource and, and take off and run with it. I agree. That's uh that's, that's a great place to end. I guess the last little nugget I wanted to drop on everybody about this was, you know, he, he had a, he has a great writing style. He's super easy to read, like Andrew said, and he's just, he's just one of those people that's really good at relating difficult concepts or ideas and making them simple so that you can understand them. And he's, he's just a great teacher. And I would highly, highly encourage you guys, if you've not read either one of those books, to go out and grab one of them at your local library or Amazon or wherever you get your books and, and read it. You will not be disappointed. And the quotes that Andrew and I talked a little bit about, use them as an inspiration. Use them as a guide to help you focus your either your stock you know, you know, uh, checklist or, you know, just an inspiration to help you learn more about, you know, investing. And I guess without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for us tonight. You know, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoyed our conversation about Peter Lynch and some of his quotes. And also congratulations to Andrew on the Dodgers making the World Series again. Boo. And again, with, it's been like 28, 29 <laughs> years. Like they haven't been since I've been alive. So to me, it's, it's been the longest round in history. <laughs> hardly anyway so congratulations to them and to andrew and you guys go out there find some great intrinsic value invest with a margin of safety emphasis on safety and we will guys see you guys next week and have a great week we hope you enjoyed this content seven steps to understanding the stock market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real life examples Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day.
The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and/or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at eInvestingForBeginners.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.